I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Achtung Rule, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Accept no substitute. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Achtung Millwall, the real Millwall fan show. We are massive in Mongolia. That's right, we are your number one Millwall fan show. Looking back at the nil-nil at Norwich, was that a ball draw or was it needed after the 3-0 uh, dismantling by Huddersfield at the weekend. Millwall consistently inconsistent, but it's a point for the Lions. Joining me uh, to uh, to the fat this week is the podfather himself, back from his big birthday shenanigans um, and back on the other side of the desk as well. All right, Nick. Well, Aaron. It's, oh, been a, it's been a long birthday. It's been like being the Queen. I imagine the Queen must have a week-long birthday. I've never had a week-long yeah. birthday before, but that's how it works out, listeners. But I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back to normality now. Have so. you been waited on hand and foot? Oh, I, uh, yeah. The lovely meals and food and, and best wishes. and It's been a nice week. Um, I think I'm probably just a bit unused to this torrent of um, of goodwill, you know. Um, it's been lovely. It's been really nice. Are you used to, like, dog's abuse? <laughs> I'm a wolf fan. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, and one man who loves dishing out the abuse is Mr. Michael Avery. All right, pal. Hello, mate. How are we? I'm... Um... Currently working my hardest to convince the government that the Millwall Club shop is an essential store for lockdown. I agree. I agree. What are all them darts playing women going to do? Um, no, indeed. Indeed, while well, they have their um, UTZ milk or wherever it is. We're leaping yeah. around the agenda, but that new kit should shift some units, boys, shouldn't it? I'm buying one. I'm buying one straight away. You've got to get one, are you? Yeah, I think it's... I think it's... That is a future classic, you know that. It's a nice shirt, and I don't generally get all that excited, but I think each of the kits in their different ways this season have been really nicely designed, and fair play. Fair play to Macron, and fair play to Husky. And the, and the red and white kit, no, I, I can see that selling. Will it sell beyond our Millwall community? I don't know. I don't know if it would. It should, but it's a really nice shirt. The, the shirt collectors of the world will unite around it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm having one. I'm dripping, you're I'm, having one. I, I, don't, I'm having one. Yeah. I think it's, I just think it's a unique shirt. It's a good looking shirt. It's a future classic. It's something which will be discussed in like, in like future years. And people go, oh, do you remember that Millwall Mountain shirt? And I go, bang, there you go. Here it is, you know. It's a it's a, it's a shrewd little tie-in because the, I don't know what Formula Motor Racing Team Husky sponsor, but they've got a, a car, a motor racing car, decked yeah. out in the same colour. So nice, nicely done. Well done, all involved in the design of the new Mill third kit. Well done, all. Uh, let's look back, though, at that game yesterday at Carrow Road. Um, Gary Rowett was back from self-isolation. There was a start for Ben Thompson. There was a start for Shane Ferguson and for John Daddy Bodvarsson. We were a bit rocked, though, before um, the game. 
a lot of talk about Kenneth Zahor. Um, mm, it's a, yeah, a lot of talk about Kenneth Zahor and how he's out for two months. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if you've seen anything on it, Michael. I've seen eight weeks out, but I don't know if that's internet talk or if that's anything official. Have you seen anything, mate? Um, no, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I've seen um, the eight weeks um, out of is it the possible 12 that we've got him for. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. it's a short-ish short term loan um, and the majority of it's taken up by injury. But yeah, it's a shame. He sort of, uh, he was he was looking good. He found the back of the net. And uh, I mean, I know there were some question marks, you know, when he joined... Um, because, you know, could he do it in the Premier League, could he not? But I believe you said it a few weeks ago, Aaron, didn't you? You know, the money money he went for, you know, Millwall have got a very sort of good, expensive centre-forward who is arguably proven at this level, can get you goals, can put the performances in. He looked like he was sort of half hitting the ground running and now he's unfortunate. Let's just hope it's not that serious and we get a speedy return from him because it'd be good to see him back, especially with our striking options at the moment. I just wonder if come January West Brom will decide that they want him back because he's 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 a useful player and obviously he'll be fit by by January. I'm I'm really worried about that. I hate these January loans. I I, I really dislike them. Um, I don't know what everyone else is thinking. I suppose it pulled us out of trouble. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how much football he's played. I'm going to guess not enough. And I think probably the injury may have been a possibly a, a stroke of bad luck in, in, in the in the game, or it may be a consequence of not being fully 100%. I don't know. But he certainly looked like he had touch and, and, and um, a very, very decent striker at our level. So it's a shame to see him injured. It's, I mean, eight, eight weeks, I don't know where that's come from, whether that's that's official or, you know, that's, that is just um, whispers on the net. But he he really looked apart and we've had no luck with strikers this season, boys, have we? I mean, between Troy Parrott and Ken Zahor now, we're becoming the graveyard of um, promising, talented, talismanic centre-forwards. So I don't know what it is about. about Just bad luck or is it is it... Um, is it signing players that haven't played enough football and, and fielding them too quickly? I, I don't know. I, I, I think it could be the latter there, Nick. You're, you're possibly right. I think you might be expecting too much from them. I remember at the start of the season when, when obviously Parrot was announced, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of media sort of uh, hoo ha, wasn't there around signing. A lot of people were talking like he was the new Messiah before mm. he really kicked the ball. I got a bit worked up and carried away with it, although I was slightly more reserved. But I was still quite excited that we've got this new, new young prospective signing. But yeah, you know you can't. You can't get players who haven't played a lot of football and just chuck them straight in at the deep end, like you say, there, Nick. Especially a game that's evolved so fast over the, over the years and that's a lot quicker and the recovery time seems less. And it's a more fast-paced game. If you've got a player who hasn't played that much football or has been a bit in and out, it's going to take them a while to get up to that level. However, not to be a not to be sort of too judgmental on the uh, management team. Aaron, you touched on it with the post-match of uh, the Huddersfield game on the last show with Jake Sanders. If we've not got strikers who aren't scoring, you've got to get, and, and you've got the option to get people in, you've got to get them in and give them a try. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, I, I'd be disappointed if the club isn't looking at sort of like free transfer options. You'd uh, hope so, Aaron, wouldn't you? You'd hope yeah, so. The old, the old free agent market, because you've got no one in there who's, who's firing at the moment. Um, Daniel Sturridge is available. I don't think he's... he's, he's <laughs> Maybe he kind of fits the budget. Um, but, you know, that there are players out there, there are strikers out there on freeze who, who would probably come and do something. Umar Niasse was at Everton. Um, you know, Diamande, who was at Hull. There, there, there's players, I mean, I'm not sort of saying go out and get these straight away, but 
there are options out there. Rudy, Rudy Gestead. I mean, he's he's very much a, a, a Millwall style of forward. Rudy Gestead. He's available on a free as well. Yeah. There are a lot of players out there because of this COVID situation. They 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 they've been released and and they're they're looking for clubs. I mean, let's let's hope Gary Rowett is looking at these kinds of names. I mean, you I make your right. Who knows? Um, what um what, what what they're looking at. I, I cannot see my eyebrow was raised John Daddy starting up front last night. I, I don't see that happening again, boys. I mean I just didn't see anything from John Daddy. I, I always get a sense of John Daddy, there's a good player lurking in there somewhere, but you just don't see it. I mean he didn't do enough to impress last night. He's no better than having Tom Bradshaw up front. Um who was not in the squad incidentally and I, I found that um you know that, that not to actually be on the bench for Bradshaw, I thought was um, tough, tough on the boy. I don't know, but um, Matt Smith intrigues me. I mean, he sits on the bench, and then whenever he does come into the game, I know that he has a certain style. And I'm sure there are listeners out there screaming at me. He doesn't fit the pattern that uh, that uh, Rowett wants, but he, <laughs> he remains our top scorer. He remains the one player that, if you give him the right kind of ball into the box, which is not a, a difficult ball half the time, I think it was. Um, I think it was Jake Sanders said, um, give it, it doesn't need to be an accurate ball, just put it into the, the zone of Matt Smith and he'll make something happen. And yet he sits on the bench. And I find it, it's hard to get inside the head of the football manager sometimes, isn't it? You, you wonder what, 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 they, what they are looking for, what they're not seeing that we, we see. Because last night I was screaming at my screen to, the ball was not sticking. I mean, we're under pressure pretty much. Um, to greater or lesser extent, pretty much the whole game. And he just wanted the ball to go forward and stay there for a while. And it just didn't. I think um, it's it's a really, really tough one with our strikers. I mean, just quickly going back to Daniel Sturridge, it would be good good if we could sign a player like him because of his goal celebration will um, will be a, a nice reminder of when we No have one there to see it, off. Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, he could it could be Baz Savage Mark too when Baz Savage used to score against the likes of Luton Tan and leave one of the moonwalk around the pitch. Um but no, with with the strikers, I mean, yes, there is an argument that they're not performing absolutely because they're not scoring. I mean, if you look in the last what last two games we, we haven't scored at all against Preston, just looking here, it was a horse scored, but you know, he's he went off injured and he's not obviously one of our more players who's played the most games. Jed Wallace scored there against Luton. It was an own goal with Mahoney. Um, Wickham was Jed Wallace again, pulling it out, and Ryan Leonard. Um, yes, you can you can argue that they're not scoring. The stats um, stats prove it. We're also saying there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. But I think with the Huddersfield game, um, especially, um, and at the end of last season as well, yes, Bradshaw, Jake Sanders touched on the point that he's only scored, what, 2 in 25 or something, something like that? Something like that. It's a very low, t- low return for a, a But let's be brutally honest, striker. what clear-cut what clear cut service did Tom Bradshaw have against Huddersfield? Well, none. You know, none, and, none, and, none, and, none. And against Barnsley, um, just from the top of my head, at the end of last season, you know, he was running around the pitch trying to get the ball. And I, I could completely understand the point that she, um, everyone was touching on when they said about the service, but we're now starting to look um, slightly similar to a few years ago when we had John Marquis. Uh, John Marquis. Do, do, do you think we are overly negative, just out of interest? Like as, as a no, point, I, I'm just I don't, thinking. No, I don't no, I, I would like, You know, turn off and go. Oh, listen to them fucking cunts. They're fucking negative. Blah blah. <laughs> Because I don't think we are. I just think simply three. We're three guys who want the best for this football club because we've absolutely, we see, absolutely. You know, you've got a fantastic manager there. You've got someone who 
who knows his way about the division. Um, yet it just feels like it just feels like it's gonna stall again. You know, at but an there's, early point. There's, there's there's no straight answer to that question, Aaron, because I'd say. Were we too negative? I'd say yes versus Huddersfield. We were too negative and we were set up to almost defend a lead from the very moment that the game kicked off. I mean, we had a little flurry at the start of that game and then it, it went wrong. So yes to the question versus Huddersfield, but no to the question last night because a bit of perspective. I was just looking at the Price of Football um, podcast tweets earlier on. And Norwich have made a profit of 100 million, I think, in the 2020, despite all the, um, you know, all that comes with the COVID and because of their their, their parachute uh, benefits and, and and player sales and all sorts of other Delia's um, Delia's scones, I'd imagine, must go into there as well. So, but they 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 actually have 100 million pounds profit. Now that gives you a sense of what we were up against last night. So the the very defensive mentality of the of the side, and I'm going to loop Park um, John Daddy up front for the moment because he, he was part of a very decent overall performance, and that was a really strong point. One, uh, a tough team, uh, a team with with resources that we just simply don't have. So, um, I, I think we don't have what we don't have is sufficient attacking resources, or not organised in a way at home to tear into teams and to take them apart. We, we, we're very good in situations like last night. Was it the away record now is three, three wins and two draws? That's, that's quite a, an away track record. That's against pretty, you know, scanty performances at home. That's where our problem lies. We are too negative at home. I, I certainly take that point. Um, but, you know, when you look at the, the bench last night, you know, there's Ryan Leonard sat on the bench. There's Conor Mahoney on the bench. Mason Bennett didn't come in till. It was about 54, 55 minutes, I think. And then Matt Smith, I keep saying it, makes that again, lead goal scorer, came on, I think, with about 10 to go, if memory serves. So I think if we can get the ball into the right players, and that comes back to Jed, and it comes back to Marlon, and it comes back to Connor, all of whom are probably not doing enough of the right kind of crossing into the danger zones at the moment. Um, and... You know, uh, why that is, is another conversation. But if you can get the right players in the right positions and play a, a certain hopeful pizzazz at home, especially, we may get some more goals at the den. But away from home, no, I, I really take my hat off to a really strong performance last night. I, yeah. as, much, as much as I was on the edge of my seat, Aaron, I, I, I applaud it. You know, it's a good, good show. Achtung, Milbein. Ben started last night, didn't he? Ben yeah, my, my, my sweet prince. You Sweet know. Prince, the Happy Prince, but um, part of a good performance. Uh, same with Shane Ferguson on on the left of midfield. Um, part of a good performance, but neither really set the place on fire. Um, yeah, Ben Marshall back in. <laughs> ben Marshall <laughs> from the Dog and Duck up in the Lancashire. Yeah. He's got a point to prove against Norwich after releasing him, yeah. Mm. You, you've got a feel for Ben Marshall because he can't do the training now that the lockdowns, it's not, he's got to just stick in the pub. He's got to do the pub part, not the training part up there. So must be tough for the boy. Um, no, I mean, you know, it was, it was great to see Ben start. We all want to see Ben play with some um, cavalier approach, but it, I don't think that fits in with Gary Rowett's plans. I really wonder, and I'm interested in what Michael thinks, um, whether Ben's time is ticking at the den. I think he'll, it just doesn't seem to fit into, into the Gary Rowett plan, does he? No, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Ben Thompson. Um, 
as, as a person, as a Millwall player who gives his 100%. Um, but I, I, I do think you're right. And I do think that some of the, not criticism is the wrong way of putting it, but I do think some of his um, limitations are exposed. I know, Aaron, you, you say he brings excitement to the pitch and he's a great number 10. And at, at times, really like I really no, no, I know, I know. You've you've been quite a vocal fan of his for, for quite a time now, but I believe it was Mike Hayden said it, wasn't it, a while ago? And let's be brutally honest, when he played some great football at Portsmouth, and when he came back, um, he 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 was sort of still riding that crest of good form. But we were incredibly poor that season. We were very very poor that season. He came back from Portsmouth, so um, you know he he probably looked better than he was and that I'm not saying that as a criticism of the boy. I think he's a, I think he puts in hundred percent every week. He, he obviously cares a lot about Millwall. Um but yes, is is this level a bit too far because whenever whenever he does sort of get to the championship or a run of games, um he doesn't seem to doesn't seem to last too long in in the first team or in the squad. So and there was all that talk of him going out on loan. Yeah. Normally players don't have those sort of come and get me calls um, during transfer windows if they don't think they're going to get or, or sorry if they don't think they're going to get the game time if, if he thought he had a decent place in the squad there's no way the likes of Portsmouth uh, local papers would be trying to sort of tag him to come back um, he's a good player he's a, he's a good lad I, I like him but is he the type of player who when you're 1-0 down in the 70th minute if he's on the bench you turn around and go he could change a game and get as a goal probably probably not but at the moment who who who, who is he fits into the old Neil Harris four four two. We need a goal late and the den's full up, and Ben is going to, you know, run run tackle and, and and make something happen somehow, some some way. And it doesn't really fit into. Um, I don't think it fits into the Gary Rowett slightly more. Um, what's the right word? Is this a modern style of football we're playing, Aaron? Are we? Have we left behind our old um, blood and thunder? We're playing some kind of um, Manchester, Manchester City esque organised thing. I don't know. Um, he certainly doesn't fit into Rowett's plans. I don't think. I mean, I think it's it's probably time for Lions fans to face that um, Ben doesn't fit in. Uh, Rowett doesn't fancy Ben, and I think that probably it'll be in Ben's best interest from a career point of view at some point to again like he tried to achieve recently, whenever the opportunity arrives, to go somewhere else and get, you know, hopefully a, a regular starting position. Because I think he's good enough at the right level. I think certainly in League One, whether he's championship level or not, I, I don't know. Get him on loan to Wimbledon. Whoa, there we are. That's Let not me... a bad move. That's not a bad move. Mid-table team looking up new stadium. I think that's a, yeah, and, uh, that's a, a nice shout. That's a nice segue into a bit of a poetry. You, you came over all Byron-esque last night, Aaron Paul. I, I've known you for, what, nearly a couple of years now, one way or the other, and I never knew you had this kind of literate um, poetry. I, I never knew I had it in me either. <laughs> <laughs> the Shelley right? of Hayden's Road. There, 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 there. You're, at, you're, at the, you're at the new Wimbledon Stadium last night. It's quite an emotional event, I understand. Yeah, man, it was it was amazing. Wow, what a job they've done. I mean, Nick, you'll remember the old plow lane. Mm. Michael, maybe you might remember the old plow lane. I don't know. It went in 1991, two months before I was born. Um, but you know, the story of this club and what they've achieved um and what they what they've built is absolutely phenomenal. Um, if you walk down Plough Lane, at uh, the top end of Plough Lane, um, where it meets Durnsford Road, there's actually a memorial for the old yeah, club. that's where the underground was. When it's quite creepy, you know. But then you keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. You see these like posh flats and then you come round 
and 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 you just sense that something's going on here, and you just see the the, the ground poking out the corner, and you're like, bloody hell, they've actually done it. It's it's just a big fuck you to to people at MK, isn't it? Just it's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful story. I mean, I, I I remember when Wimbledon joined the football league, which would be in the seventies, probably right? seventy-seven. Was it seventy-seven? Was it that late? Oh, I, yeah. I thought mid because I think they went on a cup run, FA Cup run in the, in the around they about seventy-five. Um, famous cup run, and then they joined the football league as a southern league side. And I went over there out of curiosity because back then it was it was very rare for clubs to join the football league. Wigan, I remember, they joined in the in the seventies, but it wasn't a regular thing. It's not like now where it's part a natural part of the promotion relegation scene. Back then, they had this kind of closed shop re-election system, so very rarely did a football league club get voted out, and very rarely did anyone join. So for a London club to join the Football League was a, a rare event. And out of curiosity, I went over for a Wimbledon home game. I can't remember who they played. It wasn't Millwall, it was back in Division 4 days. Um, this would be 77, 78 something like that. And I remember being struck by the ground being very much a non-league ground. Mm. I mean, two very low-rise stands along the... the, the um, and in fact, the home end at the um, Dernsford Road end, I think, or Hayden's Road end, sorry. Um, down down at the far, and then there was this kind of big terracing behind the goal, which had a uh, a, a big electric pylon overlooking it. It had a kind of um, you know very non-league. We certainly Millwall never played well at, at, at the old Blau Lane, Lane ground. We never we never really seemed to click there. I don't know why. Maybe maybe it was just that kind of um, shiftless kind of feeling that the place produced. And it was right next door to the the dog track, the Greyhound Speedway Stadium, mm. which is where this. Stadium is located now. And well, Wimbledon actually in in 1911 they actually started playing where the dog track was. Oh, did they? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in the dog track in its day, and I'd seen Speedway there back in the 70s. Mm. Um, and that was that was just an oval kind of um, an oval oval track with covers around the, all, all sides. Um, it seemed big to me, but it might be my memory going going back a long way. But then greyhound uh, racing used to be a big sport, so. Um, as did Speedway in its time. So it's. It, I didn't know they'd begun playing there. Um, it was, well, it was, they played there and then they moved okay. to what was their old ground at Plough Lane, um, which was a bit of sort of like disused land just just, just up the road on the corner. Um, and that's where they stayed for, I think it was 77 years. Um, okay, okay. And, I mean, uh, it's yeah. a great story. I mean, in, in, in a football world that is pretty... Grim generally at the moment with the lack of crowds and you know the, the the kind of financial crisis that we all see around us. Um, it's a great story to see Wimbledon. Um, you know, I, I think as you put it eloquently last night, but uh, you know, a, a club that's almost stolen and and to resurrect it via the park football and then you know non-league scene. I think it's a great story. So. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. yeah. It, it really is. It really is because it's. It, it's literally that I'm. You say how good it is, but it's like the fans' dream, isn't it? You know, everyone always says when they win the lottery. I know uh, it's slightly different with Wimbledon stats start at the bottom, but you go, I'd love to like put money in a club or I'd buy a non-league club or, or you know, help out where I can here and there. But yeah, the way they've done it's incredible. And what I think as well is, is that even though you've got like the sort of FC United of Manchester, is that what is that what they're called? Or, yeah, yeah, the uh, the, uh, the, the but that they. You know, even even though they are on paper like the sort of AFC supporters version that's gone through the league, it's like 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 the original Wimbledon is back, isn't it? 
Mm. It really feels like they're there now. It, it doesn't feel like, oh, there's that supporters club that branched away a few years ago. Are they still a supporters trust owned club? Um, yeah, Alan? they have a, uh, one minor shareholder who's also a supporter who's putting right. a little bit more money than, than than a lot of, well, than everyone else. But um, the, the actual um, sort of articles of association in the club state that no one private entity is allowed to own the club. Right. And considering the financial time we're in right now, that's an incredible achievement. You know, oh, it's amazing. You know, it is. It is a major achievement. Who are backed by billionaires and millionaires and you know corporations and stuff, who are are, are claiming poverty, crying poverty, and you've got these guys who are like, "Fuck it, we'll just get on with it." You know, oh, they so cut their cloth accordingly. They sign players accordingly. They've done some good recruitment this year. They've they 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 they've brought in. Um, some good players. Um, they've got arguably one of the best strikers in the division in Joe Piggott. Um, they've got themselves a brand new stadium, which was paid. I mean, the fans raised eleven million pounds. Yeah, incredible. That's which a huge sum of money. Eleven million. You know, like yeah. fair enough. You know, it's like oh, let's raise like eleven grand to like you know. Yeah. You no, know, I, I agree. Like, eleven million quid. No, it's just an object lesson what football can be. Mate, you know, the, we... the stadium's incredible. Genuinely, it is absolutely stunning. That the way they've built it, basically, they've got planning permission for a twenty thousand capacity stadium. Right. That if everyone sort of like if everyone whoever sees the photos, they'll notice that there's one massive stand there, which is like the main stand, and there's three smaller stands. Obviously, because of the financial climate, they've decided instead of having two stands at a ground or sort of building it stand by stand, they're going to build three. They'll they'll build all four sides of it. And then they'd expand when they need to, effectively. So the design of the stadium is such that it can have, you can replicate the exact same stand on three other sides and it can just effectively be bolted on and you you get the full square rectangle shape. Um, and it's a lovely design. It's a really, really nice design. It's comfortable. You know, it's 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 absolutely gorgeous. Like, how does really, it compare with the Brentford Stadium, Aaron? Have you been in? in I've the, never been. I haven't been to the Brentford. queue. I haven't been there. Okay. I haven't been to Brent, I haven't been to the Lego Stadium yet. <laughs> this is just. This is nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. That you've got three temporary stands. Yeah. But the club gets promoted, and the club pushes forward, and, and further, and further, and further. And soon that ground will be built. That you'll have a twenty thousand capacity stadium built. You know, um, the foundations are in place for for those other three stands. It's just a case of when rather than if. You know, um, but that main stand is is genuinely something like absolutely stunning. Just to sit, I, I walked in and I was like, "Whoa!" You know, like it is it is incredible to go from King's Meadow. Whoever's been to King's Meadow will know it wasn't the most. It was it was functional. It was you know, we went there for the job. FA Cup, didn't we, a couple of years ago in the FA Cup? We did Cup. the job, Kings Meadow. It wasn't, you know, it's not the Wembley of stadiums, but this is this is really something. It really is something. Meadow was um Kings Meadow was Kingstonians, mm. I think, back in the yeah, times gone. I don't know what became of Kingstonians, but um that was certainly their, their ground back in the day. No, I, I think the you know, it's an interesting thing, the whole supporter owned football club movement. I mean probably Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon is probably the most successful example of it now with this achievement because I've always felt that it's a great um I mean, Fisher, who's ground share of the Mill Line, this is Michael, they're, they're a supporter owned, uh, again, as a reaction to uh, bankruptcy and the old club, um, you know, 
folding and all the rest of it. So it's a great reaction to emergency situations of that kind and, and other clubs. I mean, the FC United up there in Manchester is a reaction to the mm. game, which has... FC, FC United are a funny one, but they're, 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 they're super political and it kind yeah. of overshadows what they actually want to do on the pitch. Yeah. With Wimbledon, I mean, the story, I don't know if anyone sort of heard the story and seen the story, read the books, if you if you want to like see how how much it takes to build a football club, listen to their story. You know you hear them what they did and and how they got things together. Um, Ivor Heller, who's who's kind of um, he's been he's been at the forefront of it. Little Ivor, um, you know this is a man who was a multi millionaire for printing press. Right. You know he, he had a printing press in Wimbledon. Weir Road, Wimbledon. He had a luxury million pound house in Wimbledon Village. He had a wife. He had kids. And he jacked it all in. I mean, generally, his wife left him. Uh, his wife left him, took a look at his money, and basically goes, fuck you. Like, I'm feeling sorry for Ivan now. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, he, he's got himself a girlfriend. He's got himself a Oh, he's all right then. He turns around and goes, I'm happy. You know, I've got my football club. But it's yeah. amazing what he, he sacrificed, you know. Um, I think keeping it keeping it neutral is probably key. I mean, I, I'm sure there are going to be some listeners that are going to be screaming at their speakers mm. because where I live, I'm not terribly far from Clapton, which is another mm. non-league um, supporter-owned uh, trust set up. But that is intensely political, and I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure you go to watch the football on a Saturday afternoon for a lecture. And I, I think sometimes you know there's there's a, there's a there's a strength in these movements. I mean, Dulwich Hamlet go go down similar roads, maybe not as far, but um, you know, you're going there to enjoy yourself and to watch a game of football. And I think sometimes it can be a little bit too far down the um, the, the, the kind of political route. But I'm sure there are going to be people listening to this show saying you're talking shit, Nick. But um, that's that's my view. But I think by keeping it neutral, I think that's probably been the key to Wimbledon's success. But fair play to him, it's a great story. Right? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Achtung, Mehlball. 
Yeah. Uh, where are we going next? Did you want Harry's voicemail? Yeah, I'm going to play. Harry did me a nice voicemail about the Norwich game last night. As we've spoken a lot about women, let's get Harry, the voice of the den. Let's get him on here to what he had to say about Norwich City. Um, can we all just discuss Norwich City as a football club? They're a remarkably strange football club, aren't they? That, that East Anglia, that Norwich and Ipswich, I know it's the cliche or whatever. They're very strange. I mean, after a point against us, like last night, right, let's be honest. That's a good point for me. Well, we usually go there and get beat late on. We could have nicked it late on. We're a last-minute winner um, from Willow, even though I didn't want Willow on the pitch. But there we go. We struggled to score goals. We struggled to create. We know this. We know all these things. But to go away to Norwich, who, you know, have vast resources, Premier League money, so on, at their disposal, was a good point. But they seem to have taken the fact that we went there with a game plan to get a point away from home on the road at a team that we don't usually get points off as some kind of offence to their football-playing brand. Like, they are some kind of championship yellow Barcelona. I don't know what the team that plays in yellow in Spain is. Valencia, maybe, or Villarreal. Um, but they, they think that. Rather than, you know, you've got to go and beat the team. Shouldn't. Yeah, Bart made one great save in the first half, I thought. Almost gave them a goal, and then Willow nearly wins it at the end. So. You know, it's a fair point, but, you know, you've got to score to win games, and they didn't score because our back three were quite good. I just think that, you know, it's a point. We'll take a point. We're missing Parrot, definitely. I think the season was built around Parrot, Bradshaw, Smith, all rotating in for different games. Um, I mean, the chance when Cole Bates fell off his chair, I think um, that was our only real sort of counter-attacking chance where Bennett just slightly overhit the pass to Jed. But other than that, we were quite good, quite crap on the break. I think we played the wrong pass. Um, but Max Aarons is a ridiculously good football player and kind of done a bit of a job on Jed. Um, but that's it, really. We're, uh, we'll take the point. We'll move on to Saturday. Hopefully back to winning ways. And seventh after this amount of games isn't a bad start. Um, and we'll go from there, really. Achtung, Milbein. Always good to get Harry's opinion, a scathing opinion on East Anglian life, Aaron, isn't it? Always good to hear mm. it. Mm. <laughs> COVID update, chaps. Um, with reg- Mill FC regrets that all the beanbacks, they've been relatively successful, I believe, these, these executive lounge beanbacks. Have you been to one, Michael? Have you done that? The, um, the, uh, the streaming in the, in the exec lounge? Apparently been quite successful. Uh, no, unfortunately not at the moment because you're only allowed to, or at the time, you're only allowed to be with your own household. Uh, my wife and three children probably weren't the best people to have been back. They're not going to sit and watch the Lions on a TV screen whilst they're playing out. No, no, exactly. Um, yes. No, but yeah, but I'm, I understand you from what I've seen, it seems to have gone really, really well. Um, I believe it wasn't it Jimmy Carter had um, pictures of him with Byers. Who's hosting, yeah, hosting. Yeah, yeah so it, it was great to see him back as well, you know, obviously seemingly enjoying what he was doing but it's just it's just such a shame I mean like football yeah. clubs are trying so hard at the moment um, to as, as a whole to try and sort get of get some money put, I mean put, yeah to put plasters over these leaking pipes and more more leaks and more of the holes keep appearing and they're doing everything they can to obviously be within the requirements but these it's not just the goalposts are being pushed back they're, they're completely changing altogether what, what the target is isn't they so yeah. Oh, it's just, just, it's just a worrying time at the moment. Beanbacks and stadium tours—the the, the little trickle of money that you can get from those kinds of events compared with a match day—have both been now knocked on the head due to the government's lockdown. 
um, policy. Um, so I guess I guess it's down to I follow and whatever the club shop can produce. I mean, again, I mean, all joking aside, and you know, Lord knows on this show we've had our laughs at the expense of the club shop over over time. But they, you know, with, with the, the the various um, first team shirts now, the home away and the third, you know, we have got some decent products, and these should sell. And I know nobody can help the virus, but it's it just really is tying both hands behind the club's back, and you know, kind of gagging them as well pretty much it's very hard to see how clubs can make money in this environment so buy their shit that's what i say yeah i mean you know buy buy the oversized shirts for goodness sake buy their shirts log on to iphone pay your tenner it's only a tenner um the club is the, the club is desperate for money and i you know i've just come back to the point i made earlier on there are some clubs in our league that are sitting on a lot of money and you know Norwich are reporting on the price of football and reporting that Norwich made a hundred million pound profit last year well that's not us you know we are desperate for any stream of, uh, of income at all so um, the government seem intent on denying businesses the right to make any you know make profits and, and keep functioning so um, we've got to try and do what we can to to help our club because when it's gone it's gone so um, yeah enough of that Sheffield Wednesday away, chaps, on Saturday. That's uh, got to be three points. It's got to be, isn't it? How many times do we say that this season? It's got to be three points. They are shocking. That's got to be a win, Michael, isn't it, up there? It was... <laughs> yeah, but didn't we say that last year and we like lost 2-2 two, two, or 2-1, two, wasn't it? Or was that the year before? Like, Hillsborough's one of these places we always struggle at, don't we? But, um... Well, so was Carrow Car- Car- Road. I know we didn't get a win. We went close in the last moment, perhaps the last kick, didn't we, last night, with that, that shot from Sean Williams at Clip the Bar. But I don't think we'd won at Carrow Road since, or we still haven't won at, since 1968. But Sheffield Wednesday's a bit of another, um, you know, a tough gig, isn't it? We, we never seem to get much out of a game at Hillsborough. No, exactly. And, and all, all, I'm, all I'm saying is, we've had well, Sheffield Wednesday in their last five games, they've lost four, one one. You know that's got 3-0 Sheffield Wednesday written all over it. Kidding me up no end there. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I'll, I'll be quite happy if we get another ultra-negative display where we're coming back with either a nil-nil or a, or a one-nil to the Lions if we get that. Yeah, we're just, we're just looking at the no, odds. They've got, us, what, they've, got, they've got us, what, they've got us, what, 13-8 to eight to win away, which is pretty short, actually, I think, for an away. Uh, I haven't but, looked at the odds. I've, I've let the Achtung Acker, uh, I've neglected it. I haven't watered it and nurtured it, Aaron, have I? I've got to, I've got to get back in. We'll have to do it. No, our... mate. No. Have you, have you checked the fantasy football as well? No, I haven't even looked at it, mate. I've, I've had a week away. Where I'm not oh, even... well, I'm top. Yeah, are sorry. You, are you top? I'm going to have a look now. So let's have a quick look. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the, the Achtung politics. Uh, Biden currently leads Trump 224 to 213 with 217 to win but anyway it's probably not the show to dwell on the american political system is it um yeah no i, I i'm just trying to find you Where's, I, I i'm going to confess to the listeners i'm really not interested in fantasy football i, I, I can't get it's a confession time for the, the list well um, I'll, I'll, I'll check I'll it next it, week i was gonna say I've, I've got it up at the moment i didn't even realize i had danny ings in my side and he's injured so I've got to change him this must um, make compulsive listening around the world <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's obviously something we've, we've all been begging you all to sign up but um, you're obviously we're taking it so seriously so, Aaron's yeah, Aaron, good at it top. I'm taking it seriously because yeah. otherwise people take the piss and go oh you work in football and you're shit I'm just like <laughs> well, yeah yeah my, my professional integrity <laughs> relies on this um, so your top big, brand, big Bear Brownie company Alex Lee Lee's United is in second he's gone up 
Um, Moy Division, I'm guessing that is. Yeah, Charlie, oh, good name. Like Charlie Windred, Moy Division, I like that. Monty okay. Phillips Lions, David Legg Kremer. Let's see who's the um, Arthur Aaron. Um, I'm having to scroll a long way down. Oh, no, 14th XG unit, Ryan Loftus. That's Ryan. Um, he, he should, he's got he's, he's, he, he purports to be an expert on football, Ryan. He should be higher than 14. But. No, indeed, indeed. Um, let's see who we're, we're. Mike has gone down to 29. This is like, you know, do you remember the old um, top of the pops when it goes and down two places <laughs> this week is? So, I must be out in the, not the non league scene. I, 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 um, I can't even find the league on my iPhone. I've been looking on the I'm, I'm, I'm 42nd, so I'm actually, I'm actually quite happy with that. That's not too bad. Okay. Um, oh, we've got to go on to the next page before we find uh, Nick Hart, <laughs> who is well, actually, that's fine. We're Harry Warren. Here, I've disappeared. Yeah. I've disappeared off the face of the earth. I'm not sure where Harry Warren is. I can't find him. Um, sorry, Harry. Um, and in 68th place out of 68 oh, is Lomas's Lager. I'm bottom. Oh, mate. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the fact that you've got uh, Meza Urza in your midfield, Daniel, because he's really <laughs> not, he's not been given a squad number. I've, I've, I've built a team around him. <laughs> a whole team and, of his uh, yeah. incisive passing and vision. Yeah, you'd have more luck having Gunnosaurus in the midfield than over at the moment. At least he's got a, at least he's got a role at Arsenal, hasn't he? That's probably not helping me. Um, Let's do our score predictions for Sheffield Wednesday, Aaron. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to go nil one. So Millwall to 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 win it one nil. Sheffield Wednesday are a bit of a booky team. They beat Bournemouth um, yesterday, though. I think that uh, Bournemouth had someone sent off as well. I, right. I wasn't kind of paying attention. Um, but they've been in a real dodge run. Oh, both sides had people sitting off. There you go. Um, but uh, Sheffield Wednesday won it on a penalty. I reckon Millwall can go up there. They can turn things around and they can grab a win. 1 0 Mill. Michael? I'm going to go with Sheffield Wednesday 1, Millwall 2, mm. and Carl Bates will fall off his chair in surprise <laughs> at the result rather than it breaking. I missed that. I was tuned into um, Radio North Norfolk, or they, they, they had the video and they had like a radio commentary over the top of it. It wasn't too bad, in all honesty. Oh, <laughs> but I, I missed it. But apparently, Carl Bates fell off his chair, or did it collapse? Michael? You know what? You know those um, the seats at Norwich. Let me explain. Like the press seats at Norwich are a fucking shambles. Right. Basically. They're on this mechanism where there's two seats joined on one like bracket effectively and the seats like swing out, if you know what I mean. Right. So like you don't, it, it's not like an individual, it's just weird. They're, they're on this arm and they're really irritating to the point where I don't even want to sit down when I'm at Norwich anymore. I'd rather stand up. Really? And, and commentate or do, do my thing because you've you got a back against, your, your back is towards the wall and, and it's all right. But just... The seats are crap, guys. Norwich, sort it out. It's a weird place. I mean, we're back to Harry's voicemail now, the weirdness of Norwich City, but there we are. Um, score prediction from me. I haven't done mine. So um, I'm gonna, I, I think if we can match that defensive performance last night, we will not lose at Hillsborough. So I'm going to take us to maybe nick a goal. So I'm going to go for Sheffield Wednesday, nil, Millwall, one. Brilliant stuff. Um, any other business, Nick? No, that is the Millwall news this week, Aaron. Thank you for... You go. Have a safe lockdown, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Safe. We're, 
we'll all be um, we'll we'll keep we'll keep you up to date. We'll hopefully have some bits and pieces. For you. Obviously, football is going to carry on. So, I don't know oh, what else. one thing, one thing occurred. Oh, I'm speaking to Millwall legend Brian King tomorrow, goalkeeper from the 1970s. He's got a new book out called. Uh, the, the Lions King, great title. I'm speaking with him tomorrow. So, if any listeners want to ask any questions of Brian King, I'm going to stick something on the social media as well. But if you listen to this and you've always wanted to ask a question of Brian, let me know and I'll ask him tomorrow when I'm on the uh, on the Zoom call with him. There we are. Mickey, anything from you, son? No, no, all good. Um, just a quick one um, on behalf of the Lionesses. Um, obviously, our season is uh, currently on hold mm. due to. Um, due to the current restrictions, but I'd just like to um, take this chance to thank you guys, um, Nick, Aaron, the rest of the boys, Ryan, Mike and Harry, uh, especially Harry, uh, for all of his help in these Lionesses TV channel, which is excellent um, for all their coverage this season and also the listeners who have been listening to the pod and also the fans who have been actually able to come. Um, It's been a real, real credit. And uh, hopefully, hopefully when these four weeks is over, if we're allowed a bit more normality, get some fans back in, it'd be great to see see some of you again. But no, just fa- thank you to everyone who's contributed, everyone who's listened so far. And uh, yeah, that, that's that's it for the Linus. Um Yeah, hopefully we're, uh, we're out of this lockdown pretty soon. Um, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there is uh, your acting Millwall for this week. Thank you, uh, Mickey Avery, for joining us. Thank you, Nick Hart, as well. Uh, be safe, ladies and gentlemen. Be safe. Uh, until next time, bye for now. Just a very quick postscript, dear listeners, after the show today. I was able to make a wonderful donation to a fantastic charity called Sense, which assists deaf and blind kids in particular. And I was able to make a donation of £1,150, dear listeners. Now, that is a wonderful amount of money. Uh, It was being done in conjunction with a good friend of mine, Andy Sullivan. I know a few listeners to the show will know Andy. He's a very well-known Millwall fan, home and away man. Um, And during the summertime, we were able to work together on a little bit of a fundraiser, um, which generated a wonderful donation of £1,150. I wanted to say thank you to Andy personally, because uh, donations like this don't happen unless people are involved. Andy knows um, the amount of work that went into this. And I want to say thank you personally to Andy for his help and his assistance in producing this fantastic donation. £1,150 to sense.org.uk. I've put it on the social media, on um, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, retweets are much appreciated. It would be great to get some more... Um, donations for cents out of this Uh, so thanks once again to everybody that supported this fantastic fundraiser during the last lockdown which is about to enter a new lockdown Uh, big thank you to Andy Sullivan thank you all dear listeners for your help and as always your support on these these little initiatives that we do thank you all thank you for listening to Aston Mural if you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. However, it's actually new one. Till next time. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.